0: Thank you, Eli. God is on His throne. Amen? Amen. Good morning and welcome to Linwood Adventist Church. Happy Sabbath. I just wanted to say again thank you so much for your prayers, for your support. We've been in touch with our churches, mostly in Western Ukraine, and. Uh, Our churches over there in Western Ukrainian Conference, they are offering shelter, they're offering food, and they are transporting people on daily basis to Poland border. People who are leaving occupied territories, who are leaving the areas on the east, south, and central Ukraine. So we are working closely with with Western Ukrainian Conference, and Every church is mobilized. Every church became a shelter and a place for people to stop, to eat, to spend the night, and then keep going to the western border to safety. Mostly women and children. Since men ages 18 through 60, they're staying in the country. The most difficult places in Ukraine right now is the city of Mariupol, on the east, which is basically under blockade. Today is the 13th day and people are cut off from the rest of the world. And uh, they were thankful for some days of rain so they could collect some water because water supply is cut off and uh, electricity, no heat. And bombing is still continuing in those areas. So it's it's very hard to even imagine what our people are going through in those areas. Um, I just received a text message before coming up here that the command was given to blockade Odessa today. So there is a request to pray for Odessa, which is a port city, and that our people would be Say if we pray for for the war to stop and for the fire to cease, and I appreciate your concern and prayers because it's being weighing heavy on my heart, and um, the feelings that I experience are hard to explain. You feel at times. Very angry, you feel at times very helpless, at times you feel just nothing. And so um, I really appreciate your prayers and support. All of us have to learn how to deal with fear. We are living in days filled with fear. The fear of the war spreading and spilling all over the planet. I can feel that fear it's in the air, it's around us, it's in our hearts. Now besides we have fears for family, kids, health, Fear of anything that can disrupt everything we know as life today. There is a phrase that feeds every fear. What if? What if? The dreams die because of what if? How many of us stay awake at night Because of what if? How many lose their health? Because of constant worry, what if? How many people have not followed Jesus when they heard invitation, but they didn't follow because of what if? we tend to add one more word to that phrase, what if. And it's the word they. And Moses uses that phrase. He said, what if they would not believe me? And so we add that word to the phrase what if. What if they. And then our mind goes into the override, and we keep thinking and thinking and thinking. The world is filled with fear. Let me go right to the best promise in the Bible that we have in the book of Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen, amen, and amen. It is the best promise on fear that I could find in the Bible. And I'm sure you love this scripture. But when you are thinking those words, what if, what if, how do we... Apply this verse. Pastor, what do I do with this scripture when I cannot sleep? When I'm worried? When I'm concerned? When I feel helpless? When I feel expecting worse? When I feel threatened? What do I do with this scripture? How do we overcome fear? The answer that I found in the Bible is the answer that you would not expect. I will not be giving you a three-point sermon today on how to overcome fear, I will not giving, I'll be not giving you psychological techniques of how to deal with fear because I'm not an expert in those areas. I won't be even telling you that you need to eat well and, and exercise and, and be on the fresh air. We all know that, right? We need to do it regardless. It's good for you. It's good for me. It's good for us. So I won't be giving you those techniques and the the steps how to overcome fear. The answer that we find in the Bible is pretty amazing. So what is fear? Fear is an emotion, right? To be more specific, fear is an emotional state. Fear is hard- hardwired into us. It is part of who we are. I can stand here and feel pretty good because this step here is only seven inches high. That's a standard, right, for construction. Seven inches. But I would feel totally different if it would be 700 feet high, right? I would be like, who? (laughs) Why? Because there is a protective element of fear that is built into us, and it's good for us. It's for us to stay safe. Well, there are different kinds of fear. There is a paralyzing fear that if we go... On and on with those phrases, what if, what if, and our mind becomes preoccupied and obsessed with fear. It becomes paralyzing fear. There is a fear that is irrational fear when we are afraid of something that we shouldn't be afraid. So I won't go into details of showing you how many fears we have because we have one question to answer today. How to overcome fear? How do I handle fear? Let's go right to the scripture. We'll look at some examples that have one common answer. We'll look at different individuals in the Bible and how they dealt with fear. And they found one remedy for fear. And it's an incredible, incredible Remedy, And I can guarantee that it works. Wow. Our God is so amazing. So let's go back to the time of Joseph and his brothers. You know the story. They came and they, um, they were sitting at the table. And then he revealed himself to them. And, uh, and there was hugging and tears. And eventually the whole family came over. And they were living in Egypt and then Jacob dies. Jacob, who was like a backbone for the family, and as soon as Jacob dies, what happens to Joseph's brothers? They're asking that question what if the father is no longer here? And what if Joseph will use it as an opportunity to get even? with us. They come to Joseph. They send the messenger with the same message that they have given him years ago. Joseph, please forgive us. Please forgive us. Please don't be mad at us. Please, we want to... And they fall at his feet and they say, we will be your servants. Just please, please forgive us. I want you to notice the words of Joseph. Because in those words, there is an answer. There is a key. In those words, there is a key how to deal with fear. I we'll just start unpacking it. I want you to look up with me, Genesis 50 and verse 19. And Joseph said to them, Fear not, For I am God's. I grew up with a different rendering of this verse. In the scripture that I was reading as I was growing up, here is what it says. And I don't have it on the screen. And Joseph said to them, Fear not, because I am fearing God. That's the translation I grew up with. Fear not, for I am fearing God. So I was wondering, okay, I need to go to the original and find out what's the difference between translations and where it's coming from. So the word that is used here, right here somewhere before the Elohim, is the word tahat in Hebrew. The word tahat is used 505 times in the Old Testament. And 90% of the time, it is translated under. Ah, that's an interesting concept. The most prevalent meaning of the word is under. Some English translations render this verse as I'm in the place of God or I'm not in the place of God. Seems like they're trying to figure out how to, how to use this word properly. But I like the meaning of the word. Its original meaning is under. So what Joseph is saying, do not be afraid because I walk under, under God. In other words, he says, I am a God-fearing person because to fear God, my friends, is to include God in every area of your life as real, present, God over all creation. And when I fear God, I include God in every area of my life. That's what it means to, to fear God. It's awe, it's respect, it's a reverence towards God By inviting him and including and acknowledging God in every area of my life. So what Joseph is saying, look, you can be safe. You can feel safe because I walk under God and God is in my life. I cannot do you any harm because I fear God. See, Joseph was just a property in Egypt. He was a slave. He had no rights. And when the wife of his boss made it obvious what her intentions were, as a slave, Joseph was very intimidated, or could be very intimidated, I should say. Because if he would not agree with her plan, it could have been a very bad story for him. He could think, what if, what if she gets mad and I'm not pleasing her and she talks to her boss, There was a reason for fear. But when Joseph chooses to obey God, do you remember what he said? How can I do this great wickedness, he said, and sin against my boss, his wife, or my family? What is he saying in this foreign country? He says, how can I sin against God? Here is the key that I promised to give you. You can have one of two fears. You can be holding a fear of people and events in your heart. Or you can be walking under God and be the person that fears God and only Him. Let me ask you a question. Are you a people-fearing person? Or a God-fearing person? Who is bigger in your world, in your, in your thoughts? The people, this world, the, the countries, or the powers of this world? Or God who is on his throne? Who is bigger and greater in your world? See, Joseph says, you don't have to be afraid of me because I walk under God. I chose to be afraid only of God alone and respect Him and honor Him in my life. Therefore, I will not be afraid of people. I will not be afraid of what if, because God is on His throne. And I want to please only Him. I want to honor only Him in my life. And therefore, all other fears are going to be minimized I didn't say that they will disappear but they will be minimized because of the greatness of God here is the secret this is the secret how to overcome and deal with any fear in your life Joseph says I walk under God he says how can I sin before God I'm in a foreign country he could have said well what if I probably need to to walk with the flow to to go with the flow and do whatever Whatever happens, happens. Life is life. No, he says, regardless, I walk under God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now you can read this text with a new understanding. Living constantly in the presence of God is the beginning of wisdom. Including God in your life, in every area of your life, is the beginning of wisdom. Because without it, you can be popular, you can be rich, you can be famous, you can be successful. But according to my Bible, you are not wise if you are not walking under God. It is when you include God in your life and you walk under God like Joseph did, it is a beginning of wisdom, my Bible says. It is the fool who said in his heart, there is no God. It is the fool who said in his heart, there is no God. And the things that we see in the world today are done by the people that have rejected God in their lives that's why we see what we see in the world rescue me O Lord from evil men. protect me from men of violence who devise evil plans in their hearts and stir up war every day why we see things that are happening in the world today Because there is no fear of God. Because the world is getting to the place that is mentioned in Genesis chapter 6 when it says, Before the the flood, their thoughts were evil how often? Continuously. Continuously. That's how dangerous... To be a person without the fear of the Lord. That's how dangerous it is. So for us to be a people of faith, I need to tell you that the title of my sermon is not exactly right. You cannot overcome your fear. But you can invite Jesus to be present in your life. And the fear of God and walking under Him will subdue and blanket any fears. Because now you don't have to say what if. You will be trusting in the Lord. But this world that have denied the Lord and people of violence and evil men. The Bible says for me... Um, in uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, do not be deceived. God cannot be what? Mocked. Mocked. A man reaps what he saws. See, Bible says that if a person rejects God and stands on on the ways of evil, there will be consequences. Because God is still on his throne. Amen? God is still on his throne. He... He is the God who is righteous and also just. It is comforting for me to know that God defends the oppressed. He is on His throne to execute justice. God is just. And I believe in Him because I walk under God. I know that His justice will prevail. His justice will prevail. God is on the throne. So when you are treated unfairly, when you think that things are not going uh, uh, the way for you with justice and fairness, God knows. He cares. And He will defend your case. In fact, if we read the book of Daniel and Revelation, all those things that we find in those books, um, God is standing for his people to defend and deliver his people. That's what we find in the Bible. So let's, let's look at some other examples. Let's, let's, let's look at Abraham. When he comes to the place called Gerar in Genesis chapter 20, I can imagine him and his family, his wife, they're traveling. And at the night when they stop at the rest area, they pull over and try to, to get some rest. Abraham cannot sleep what is going on in his mind he is thinking what if what if those people over there they have all kinds of weapons right they don't know God they are pagans and they'll see my wife she's so beautiful And they'll try to kill me. So he can't sleep. And the fear becomes bigger and bigger and bigger in his mind. He can't sleep. He is thinking, what if? And by the morning when they come to the city, Abimelech is there. And he's like, oh, welcome. Nice people. Who is this lady? And Abraham says, Well, yeah, she is my sister. Wasn't quite true. (laughs) Because of fear and because of those what if and what if and what if, Abraham lies. Some theologians say, no, he didn't lie. It was partially true. Yeah, it was partially true. (laughs) But it was a lie. So the king takes... Sarah, and uh, what happens that God, God reveals himself to the king and he tells him, don't touch her. She is Abraham's wife. And so, well, the Lord didn't just say that. The Lord said to Abimelech, you are a dead man. <laughs> and he says, how can, I, how can I be a dead man? I didn't do anything. And I'm, I'm acting out of my integrity. He told me, she told me, And so God says, okay, okay. Abimelech is coming to Abraham in the morning. He says, why in the world you lied to me? Notice his answer. Genesis 20, verse 11. I did it because I did what? I thought there is no fear of God at all in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. You can have either fear of the Lord or fear of people. You see that? Again, fear of God, fear of people. Abraham is afraid of people and therefore he says I I did it. Because every time you're afraid of people, it's a snare. That will make you do things that you would normally don't do. Would you agree with that? Bible says in Proverbs twenty-nine, twenty-five, fear of man will prove to be a what? Snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Two fears. Which one do you choose? Which one do you choose? I need to confess that the worst mistakes in my life and the worst things in my life that I did and I have sinned in my life because of fear. It's because I was afraid. What if that I did things that I shouldn't have done? I said things I shouldn't have said and i have sinned before the lord because of fear that's why we have the stories like this in the in the bible the stories of abraham it lied more than once every time because of fear that's why the Bible says that the fear is a snare. That's why we need to, to understand that if we operate under the domain of fear, it's very dangerous. You will do things that you shouldn't do. You will say things trying to, to get your way out of this snare. You try to, to find a way. You lie. And then because of this lie, you have to do something else to lie again. That well, reminds me of David well, Lord, help me to hide it. Yeah. When he gets a text message from Bathsheba, ta-dam, on his phone, text message, I'm pregnant. Oh no. All the kings, ki- kings are doing it and, and they don't worry about them getting pregnant. Why, Lord? Please hide me. Do everything possible. Then he sends Uriah to her home. Please go home. Yeah. You are tired from war. Go relax. And what does Uriah say? No. Our people are in the battlefield. I can't sleep. And like a dog, he sleeps at his gate. Says, No, I'm not going to go home. (laughs) How do I hide this? Fear lays a snare. Leads to another sin. I'm going to send a Telegram to the battlefield. Can you put Uriah? Well, There is a big bigger story than that. He makes Uriah drunk to such a degree that he wouldn't even be able to say no. And he will go to his house. But would Uriah go to his house? No. He says no. I'm not going to go to my house. Well, the long story short. Bible says that your sin will find you. There's only one way to fix It's to come to the Lord. It's to come to the Lord when the Holy Spirit is telling you it's time to stop. It's time to turn to the Lord. It's time to confess because He's compassionate and merciful and ready to pardon. God is our refuge he is our safe place David man after God's own heart he keeps running keeps running from the Lord and you know where where he ended up in the land of Gath what is this land of Gath what do we know about the land of Gath who was born in the land of Gath Goliath. He is trying to hide from the Lord and from his own life in the land of the enemy. Eventually people find out. And they say, wait a minute. Is this not a guy who took the Goliath down? Let's go and get him. And what did David do? The King of Israel, the man after God's own heart. What did he do? because of fear? What is he doing? He pretends to be a madman. His fingernails, he is scratching the walls. He is spitting and his saliva is going on his beard. What a humiliation. The king of Israel. the fear of man will prove to be a snare. That's where David is. He's, he's, he's running from himself. He's trying to save his own life because he doesn't know what to do. Eventually, he, he's on the run and he ends up in the cave. When I was in Israel, they showed us the caves where David was hiding. They're on the cliff. I don't know how they, how they got there. But there was a creek. They could have some water. And when there is no other place to run, in that cave, David finds the Lord. He exchanges all of his fears for the fear of the Lord. He found, he's found the only remedy. There is for your fear. It's the fear of the Lord. And when he surrenders his life to the Lord, when he understands that it's God who gives him a new beginning, it's, a God, it's, it's God that protects him, that's God who can be a real refuge and a place of peace and rest, he feels safe. Isaiah chapter 8, verses 12 and 13 say, Do not call conspiracy all that these people call conspiracy. In other words, don't be afraid of stuff that is going on. Don't be afraid. And do not fear what they fear. There's a lot of fear in the world today. But my Bible says you can exchange that fear for something that gives you peace. Do not fear nor be in dread. Don't go in your mind, what if, what if, what if, what if. But the Lord of hosts, Him you shall honor and holy. Let Him be your fear. Wow. Do you see the exchange? Fear of people, fear of politics, fear of circumstances, fear of, of, of whatever... Do not be in dread, but let the Lord be your fear. I want you to notice this Bible reference, and when you are at home or now, you can check Isaiah 8 14. Isaiah 8 14. It's the most beautiful verse that it's it's hard to understand at first glance. But here is what it says. It says, for he, if you check in your phone or or Bible, it says, for he will be your sanctuary. That is an interesting thought. Why? For he will become a sanctuary and a stone. See, sanctuary here means a safe place. But for us, living in in this time of history, sanctuary means that it is Jesus who is standing on behalf of the sons of his people in the heavenly sanctuary as our high priest. Amen? Amen? It is Jesus who is the one who is our safety. He is our peace. He has broken every wall. He is our peace. We can trust in Him. We can run to Him. We can find peace regardless of what fear you may experience. Only when God becomes our greatest fear can he become our safest place? Can you say amen to that? Amen. This is the one point sermon. Only when God becomes our greatest fear, he can become our safest place. And that's what David experienced. That's what he found. That's what he has discovered in his life when he tried to run, when he tried. To fix his own fears with whatever remedies or soldiers he could. But he could not. It was in God that he found perfect peace. And I like what he wrote in Psalm 34. Because he wrote based on his own experience. Psalm 34 Verse 4 I sought the Lord and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, he's talking about himself, he experienced it. He says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see, for the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, and those who fear him will have no lack. Come, O children, he says, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Can I challenge you today? I'm going to challenge you to put your faith over your fears because God is, is on the throne. A fear of the Lord means allowing God to be present in your life every moment, every day. And walking humbly under him. My mom's favorite scripture. Micah 6.8. Don't have it on the screen. I'm sorry. Micah 6.8 says. He has told you, O man. What is good. And what does the Lord require of you. But to do justice. And to love kindness. And to do what? And to walk humbly with your God. Shall we pray? Dear Lord, as we come to you this morning. You know all the thoughts of our hearts. You know when we cannot fall asleep. You know when we are worried. When we go, what if, and what if, and what if. And Lord, I just pray that you would bless your people with faith. Help us to put our faith over our. Help, help us to trust in you fully. Give us peace. Stand on solid ground. To look up to heavenly sanctuary where Jesus is our peace. Lord, we pray for peace in the world. We pray for peace in the countries of the world. And we pray, Lord, that you would grant us to have peace in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite you to stand as we close. Uh, we'll sing together.